Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends So glad you're getting that on camera that's the, that's the beauty of the behind the scenes, baby. <laughs> beauty. <laughs> With your hosts, Keith Barney and... Lunch-powered, Mike Ineglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the Much like the Tom Brady Award was resurrected from its grave, Mike put us on video again, and I, I con- am continually forgetting I'm on camera already. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's a pinball, baby. And Mike is eating in a horrible and upsetting fashion. Wow, we are off to a start today. Welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which Mike and I discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are up to Season 8, Episode 7, and I'm going to say the title not using my usual sing-songy voice because the title is Rape Shield. So I will not uh, We will not be making jokes about that. I will not be, uh, you know. Well, that's not true. We'll be stupid... making, we'll be making jokes. I can't imagine any universe in which we don't make a off-color joke. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I, I have to start this this week. Uh, <laughs> if I have to run off immediately, you're gonna find out because I have some. We have tried for years to make this podcast a success. We, we failed. failed. It's time to give the world what it wants. Meow. So, uh, two things. One, I, you know, ticking clock today. Because sometimes we have ticking clocks here, but we're we're not gonna miss an episode for you under no circumstances. Even if we have life intervening, uh, and this week I have to take Charlie to the vet for his. It's just his annual checkup. Uh, but I've got to go and uh, don't take scare him me to like that, vet. man. No, 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 no. He's he is. I think he is healthy as a horse. He is fluffier than he has ever been uh but right now he's up in his window looking like he's losing his ever-loving mind uh he i think possibly possibly because uh there's a squirrel now that walks back and forth on the like on the other side of the glass essentially who now is perfectly aware that they that charlie can't get to him and so mm. now he's just sort of like taunting Poor Charlie, who keeps bumping his head up on the roof. And uh, he, right this very minute, looks like he is going to lose his ever-loving mind. So that's what's going on with my cats. What's going on with your cats, Mike? The cats are good. I uh, went and had to emergency feed my sister's dog today because she she had to stay late at work. And so I got to, I accidentally let her cat out and then had to like- Getting a dog back from inside is relatively easy. You just get yeah. food and then you grab the leash or whatever. Cats, it's a much no. more delicate dance. 
Uh, and it luckily, sure... I was able to achieve it and get back time for our start time. We are trying to plow through. So, Charlie, because we know we love you, dear listener, but we love our cats more. And so we got yeah. Charlie his appointment. No, no, no. Let me be clear. I am so grateful that you're here listening to us and uh, taking some of your valuable time and wasting it with the uh, the sound of our mouth noises. But I, I'm always going to love my cat more. Yeah, Charlie, uh, he's the man. He's my boy. So, uh, so my that boy, is my boy. That's uh, that's what's happening. So that's going to gonna explain be fun. to those who missed it in the intro. I'll be very very quick about that. Uh, we stopped doing the whole produced YouTube show. It just was it was too much work for the return. Uh, but however, I still have to record the feed while we're recording so that I can pull the audio uh, and sync it all together. And so since we've launched our new Patreon, uh, I decided right. I'll throw this up there for the $10 and $15 subscribers, which will be no one. So nothing changes, Keith. Don't worry about it. But should you want to check out what is available at our Patreon uh, or check out this video if you have cash to burn, Cloud Lover, I'm looking at you if you want to pull your dollars out of the anchor feed and put it into Patreon. I don't know. If you'd like to stare at my beautiful visage, it's up to you. It's patreon.com slash KME shows. Nope, that's wrong. That's not it? No, remember when we had the when we changed the name of our company? Did we change the Patreon also? Well yeah, because otherwise it would be sending it to a company that we're not. So it's it's profoundly not uh KME shows anymore. It's patreon.com slash K and M and spelled out. K and M. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Our Patreon. business com. venture is amazing. <laughs> you know what? It it couldn't be more perfect and demonstrative. So K I mean, uh, and M. If and nobody clicks on the wrong link, is it really wrong? Yeah, that's true. I have to. I have all of my links forwarding to the wrong. Thing. I have work to do. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's get through the show so that we can get through the show. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Uh, well, okay. So you know what? We're gonna save filings and subpoenas for next week to save time. But uh, Mike, if they would like to file and subpoena. For next episode, how would they do it? Uh, there are three important ways. You can mm. write us an email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can mm-hmm. uh, find us on the social medias at outofpracticepodcast. Or, of mm-hmm. course, you can throw a question into the mailbag to be discussed at some point uh, at patreon.com slash k and m that all spelled out k a n d m yeah it would have been an ampersand but uh it doesn't work in a url can't use an an ampersand in a url so at least it's not confusing and i haven't confused you further no i mean you know luckily no one has gone there yet so uh not a problem all right well you know what are we here to talk about Eh, mostly ourselves and our cats but uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes, occasionally, just for fun, we talk about David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. And uh, in order to do that fully, we have to talk about not just the episode, but the context, the world around it. And so in order to do that, we hop into the time machine and answer the first question about ourselves. Mike, what were you doing on November 9th, 2003? 2003. This day in the basement. 
Well, I returned home to celebrate my birthday, and I remember I I was I I don't know if we had closed Forever Plaid yet or if we're about to, but I do remember being home and I was walking through an antique shop with my family, uh, my mom, and I believe my sister was there. Hey, and... now I have a question about antique shops. Yes. Uh, did you like them then, or did you just grow to like them as an old person like I have? Um, mostly the latter. I, I, even as a younger person, I always enjoyed, like, if they had, like, a kitschy toy slash, like, buttons or collectibles type of section. Right. Generally speaking, all the other stuff I did not enjoy. Also, I, I was exponentially more clumsy when I was younger, so uh, I was always afraid to be in those places. Regardless, mm. like you, I now adore them. Anyway, I remember this is this is funny slash sad, but one hundred percent the on, God's honest truth. Um, I remember telling my mom that I booked the for the Titanic tour, and for the first time of many times in my life, expecting a reaction that did not come. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not to get too uh, therapeutic about it, but. It uh, <sighs> yeah. I wish I could go back and tell that young kid that uh, don't let anyone's lack of reaction m- suck away the fun for you or the excitement for you. It's still yes. a big deal for you, buddy. But damn right, that's, yes. I remember that, and it's it's really sad to me. And I, and this is one thing I'm working through in life is that it's those feelings, those types of feelings, those kind of re- I don't want to call it rejection, but that I don't I can't I can't put a finger on what the emotion is, but. Those types of feelings where your heart kind of sinks are the things that stick more to me a lot of times than remembering when I got the call that I got the job. Yeah. You know, well, I, I, I think because I, you know, I, I think everybody deals with this in one way or yeah, another. For sure. I, I think that there is a, you know, I'll ask my therapist if this is true, but I feel like what it is is I'm telling you something that is very important to me. Right. Good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. Like what I'm I'm expressing this to you as something that is profoundly important to me. And if you do not receive it in a way that is important to you, it feels like a reflection that I'm not that important to you if the things that I think are important aren't important to you. And 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 that might just be projection and 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 whatever, but I I certainly in a situation like that would take it that way because even if like the person receiving the information doesn't really give a crap about what they're saying. The fact that the person saying it cares deeply should give it at least some weight. Yeah, I mean, if we wanted to go down the rabbit hole, I'd also I'd also point out that I, at that time, for a good portion of my life, was thinking I needed, there was something for me to prove. And, you know, the realization well, yeah. that there there really wasn't, because that wasn't there to prove, the sort of revelatory response that I proved it was never coming, right? <laughs> because it was never there to prove. Well, you know what? And that actually is a way to turn it into a positive place. You yeah, know, for Be- sure. Because because like you know, you don't. People weren't waiting. Like you, you were just as valid before and after. Yeah. And so I, I took it in a well. You, you just don't. I, you don't love me at all. So either way, it doesn't make a difference. But in some ways, it's like you know, I love you regardless of your level of success. Oh, so she loves me. She just, my, my mom, I, God love her. 
suffered so much emotional trauma in her life. She just is incapable of expressing the things she's feeling. And it took me years to realize that it's, it's actually not about me at all. No. Well, yeah, that's very interesting. Well, uh, you know, look, Hey, to, I think we, we can learn from this is, uh, Mike needs to validate nothing. And, uh, yeah. you better pretend you're interested in what I'm talking about. Cause otherwise I will be I very need to validate anything. So I'm going to record this conversation and put it on the internet for people to pay to look at. I don't need to validate anything, so I'm going to check how many people listen to this four times a day. Uh, Keith, what about you, man? November 9th. Talk to me. Oh, my God. <clears throat> well, I I actually, uh, I, I also had some heartbreak in my life at this, at this particular moment, but uh, I don't think the stakes were quite as high mm -hmm. because in my emails, uh, spoiler alert for uh, our next segment, I sent emails and talked to many people about how sad I was about my New York football giants. So they, my New York football giants broke my heart this week so much so that I actually communicated with other human beings about it. Uh, I was also doing a workshop of some sort. I'm assuming it was like an audition workshop with a casting director or whatever. I don't remember anything about it. Don't remember what happened. I don't remember who it was for. Uh, it didn't really matter because I'd already booked the freaking non-equity tour of Titanic at hey, this bitch. point. So, like, you can do nothing for me. I'm playing Hartley. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I think we were all a little bit in a holding pattern until rehearsal started Yeah, for, for Titanic. But feeling other than the, the Giants, which, you know, of course, are real, and my feelings about that are should be validated. Uh, like, you know, it was a uh, – I was pretty pretty pumped. It's pretty psyched. So that's, great, that's what I was doing. Uh, so now it is time to talk about. It's time for the out of practice podcasts. This day in the world, the greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates. And for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Another thing baby I'm boy, noticing. Yeah, baby boy, we are still listening to Beyonce's song, Killing It. And uh, keep not only killing it, I should mention who's killing it. Who's this killing is, it? This uh, is Sabrina Chaco. Uh, she's covering it. You can check her out at Sabrina Chaco 96. That's C H A C O. Only 400 subscribers. So let's let's help her out. She Guys. is, uh, and on guitar we've got. Pri Prisma Dikic, Prisma Dikic, the, the stylings of Prisma Dikic, the, the world famous Prisma Dikic. Okay, everybody, Chaco it out on your YouTubes. The local Burlington Free Press was talking about Iraq conflict too of abstract to protest, which I have no idea what that means. Uh, but I was certainly protesting it because we were right in the uh, in. In the throes, we were only, what, seven months into the Iraq war. Um, you know, we finished that up quickly and aren't still there now. Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's what was happening. I don't know what was going on with that with that headline, but I thought it was very interesting. You know what I uh, also found interesting, in not necessarily a great way, is uh, when's the last time you saw a uh, mainstream movie with a weird, writhing, apocalyptic orgy? Mr. Anderson, who are you? That's right, because it was the Matrix Revolutions. Is impossible. Not impossible. 
Inevitable. <laughs> All right. Well, that movie sucked. That. <laughs> I mean, the 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 whole like chase scene on the highway was pretty cool, but everything around it was not was was not cool. Let me because we we evoked the Matrix thematically. I have to say this. Uh, mm. I saw an advanced screening of a film that is now on full release, I believe, or wide release. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's directed mm. by the Daniels, and it is an A24 release. I'm not, I want people to go see it in the theater, and I want people to, if you can, if you feel safe, if you can find one. Uh, and I don't want to, don't, I don't want you to watch trailers or know anything about the plot other than you should know it's, an action slash uh, uh, um, string theory, multiverse, matrixy type movie with incredible acting, incredible action, and two directors working on a level of creativity far beyond anything I've seen. I had the exact same feeling I had when I saw the original Matrix, when you just go, holy crap, I've never seen anything like this. This movie is phenomenal. If you can find a theater that's playing it, I implore you to go see this movie. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh yeah, I, I'm I'm I'll I'll definitely see it. I'm I'm not going to a theater. I'm not going to a movie theater. <sighs> All right, man. All right. I'm just I'm you know, I'm too old. I have a large television. I've got good sound. I can make my own popcorn. What if I bought you a ticket to the movie, Keith? Would you go to it? Um, that's no. how bad I want you to see this movie. Well, I, I'm happy to see the movie. See, here's the thing. All You're right, happy to right. see the movie a year from now when it comes to your television. That's right. Because, like, look, all right, we're on a ticking clock, but here we are. We're talking about this anyway. Uh, I'm too old to make it through a movie without having to pee. And That's I fair. hate having to, like, get up, leave in the middle, trying to figure out, is this going to be a boring scene? Is this not going to have a major plot point? And like, and just out myself as the old man with a tiny bladder. So there it is. It is a little more truth than you were hoping. Uh, you want to know what else had a little more truth than I was hoping this week? It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. Ball. The New York football giants got pounded by the Falcons at Giants Stadium 27 to 7. TJ Duckett scored two touchdowns and Warwick Dunn scored another for Atlanta on 178 yards rushing. Dickie Barber rushed for 120, but it wasn't enough to overcome Kurt Kittner's 9 for 23 and 65 yards passing. Woof. And the Eagles beat the Packers at Lambeau. But uh, yeah, 9 for 23 and 65 yards in a 27 to 7 win. Wow. That wow. That's, that's not good. That's not good. Uh, you know what else is not good? I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. How many times can Keith be resized in this video? Can't get it to work, but whatever. Nobody's watching. Okay, we are talking about the practice season eight, episode seven. Every time I say that, I feel like, oh, we're getting closer and closer. I can feel the lights going out, but no, we're going to go out with a bang with this episode, which was written by David E. Kelly and directed by Jeannot Soir. We have all of our... We have our A-team here. We've got our uh, our series creator by himself. We've got a director who's directed a million of these things. So now it's time to answer the important question. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? 
is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Keith, this week, uh, as we've mm. mentioned weeks before, is a week of consequences. As the previously on has explained to me, there is going to be fallout from the fact that, you know, Jamie and Alan, like, you know, lied and paid off a client uh, illegally. Mm-hmm. So there will be fallout for that. I think that we will see a fallout from the emotional turmoil of the breakup between Jamie Stringer and Eugene Young. Mm-hmm. Uh and then <clears throat> there's going to be uh, clearly a really heavy rape case uh, mm-hmm. that I'm going to hedge my bets and not say anything about or predict anything ridiculous about other than perhaps it'll be an opportunity for people, I'm looking at you, Jimmy, and I'm looking at you, Cameron or uh, Eleanor, who haven't gotten a lot to do this season to maybe get to do. So I'm hoping that our... Legacy cast gets to try a full case without any BS in the background or any BCK. Just give me awesome court case, high stakes, and maybe, Keith, here's my big, bold prediction. Okay, here we go. Because we're dealing with rape, we're going to need somebody who's trained in the rape therapy arts. Oh, man, Ooh. that's that's not what I meant that, to say. That was... <laughs> uh man... <laughs> Do not make a t-shirt out of that. (laughs) A crisis counselor. So we're going to get our first guest star appearance of Marla Sokoloff as Lucy Hatch. Yes! That would be exciting. What was the term I just used? The the rape therapy arts? Rape therapy arts, yes. Yeah, get your BFA here at the Mulder College. At RTA. Okay, well. Wow. That's a thing I said (laughs) on the internet. It sure is. (laughs) Well, what do you say we watch the episode? Let's do just that. Folks, we're talking season eight, episode, help me out. Episode seven. Rape Shield. Ah, now I can pick my nose. Beautiful morning in Boston. And we are seeing Lisa Edelstein in bed with Alan staring at her from above. Well, of course. What are you doing? Creepily watching you? You're just looking. I leave. I perhaps should have shared that prior to getting intimate, but in relationships, I leave. At least he's open and honest about it, Keith. Are you leaving now? Only to go to work. I don't mean to suggest any waning interest on my part to the contrary. But in the spirit of honesty. You leave. As a reminder, she is the sister of the person. Roland. Roland right. Gill. One of the people. Right. Roland the victim of. Ro- right. 
Okay. You'll be transported to the courthouse tomorrow. Guy the terror's about to talk to! The trial is scheduled for nine. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well done. So, uh, you know, if you're not watching this on the Hulus, uh, so Tara is talking to a, uh, someone in prison in lockup, played by Laz Alonzo, who, uh, you know, I hate to do a little more TV here. Uh, it's one of the main characters of The Boys, the Amazon mm. series. Have you seen The Boys? I watched the pilot. Oh, so good. I okay. really enjoy it. You'd also know him from Avatar, Fast and Furious, and Breakout Kings. Yeah, he's, he's had quite a career after this. When do I see my lawyer? Mr. Baluti will be waiting for you at the courthouse. Hey, Jimmy! As will I. You might want to think about a plea. Aggravated rape could be as much as 25 years. Can I ask you something? Certainly. How is it that I'm going on trial tomorrow, facing 25 years, and I haven't seen my lawyer in weeks? He's been working on the case. That's a fair question. And he's quite prepared. I assure you, you're in very capable hands. Okay, so I, it's really interesting that, uh, that Jimmy is MIA. That doesn't feel like a, in keeping with the character here. But we, we do indeed have a uh, an aggravated rape case, so that's grim. That is true. We have to see why that is. Well, I believe that's how this is going to unfold. I feel like the episode will now tell us a little bit more information about it. You know, just like storytelling-wise. Oh, so what you're saying is generally they're going to raise a question and then spend 45 minutes answering it? Is that how it, it's supposed it, to work? I'd say about 42, but yeah, yeah. Okay. With commercials. What are these? They're for Jamie, actually. Wow, orchids in November. Who from? We don't know. You ready? All this romance bullshit. Having seen you. Okay, let's go. Jimmy, hold on a second. You haven't seen your client? Not since the arraignment. Tara's been doing the back and forth with him. I've been prepping the case from here. Hey, you're the one who said watch out time on the court appointed cases, Eugene. So I said draw limits. I never said don't bother to meet with the client. I'm Not ready a good to try luck, the Jimmy. case. Don't worry. But again, good boss Eugene. Like that he's their supervisor. Yeah. yeah, I'll take it. Nice. Who from? This is kind of private. Somebody Jewish, I hope. What? Oh, shit. Oh, snap. I arrived home. I think it was just after 8 p.m. I was picking up low, Jessica low, to go out to dinner <laughs> right. on her 21st birthday. Jessica is your daughter? Yes. I came into the house and I immediately heard noise coming from somewhere. What kind of noise, sir? Band All right, line. let's do really a couple of these. Identify it at first. But then I went into the living room. Guy on the stand. Guy who's starring in his own shitty black and white flashback. He is starring in his own shitty black and white flashback, but it's a flash forward for us because we haven't watched it yet, but we know it's back. All right, it's very confusing. I think we just opened up a new timeline, just like your movie you were talking about. The is the father of the victim here is played by Tom Kemp, who you'd know from Manchester by the Sea, Paterno, and The Sound of Metal, uh, in some fancy fancy movies. And the uh, lawyer that we're talking to. Oh wait, we have a bumper for that. I know that lawyer from somewhere. 
is played by legendary actor Bruce Weitz, who has eight Emmy nominations, including one win, most of which for Hill Street Blues, but you also would know him from Deep Impact and the Highlander TV series. Is it? That's it. What, what, I, there's I, another one. I thought I but saw I'll, Elizabeth, uh, girl from, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth, uh, am I right? Uh, yes, of course. It's Elizabeth, uh, girl from, uh, Elizabeth, uh, am I right, Moss, who... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> who <laughs> has two Emmy wins and nine nominations. You know her from The West Wing, Us, The Handsmaid, Tales, Mad Men, Top of the Lake, and, for David E. Kelly's fans, seven episodes of Picket Fences. Big stars this week. And, uh... I, I saw the cause of the noise. Elizabeth, uh? What did you see, sir? You know what they I say. I saw burden, my daughter. The burden the handmaid is worth two in the book. Being raped. I know this is difficult, <laughs> sir. But can you describe for the jury exactly what you saw? Jessica was on her back. On the floor. That man over there was on top of her. Her pants were pulled down. His two, and he was forcing himself inside of her. Are you sure this is the man you saw on top of your daughter? I am positive it was him. Not a comfortable flashback. It was him. No. What happened next, Mr. Palmer? I picked up a shovel by the fireplace, and I knocked him unconscious. And I, I called 911. I tied him up with an electrical cord. Police came and got him. And could you describe for the jury the condition of your daughter? She was beyond hysterical. I'm done, Your Honor. What are you going to do, Jimmy? I think he's going to sit and wait before the commercial. Wait, no, he's not. Oh, no. Interesting. You said, sir, you heard noises when you entered. Did you hear screams? I said before I couldn't identify the noises. When you saw what you saw, would it be fair to say it caused you feelings of shock? That would be fair. Did you see any weapon in my client's possession? No. Nothing further. I don't know what else he necessarily done. You didn't do nothing! Done, Look, Derek, yeah, this was the father of the says. victim. You gotta walk a careful line. I'm the victim here, Mr. Baluti. Do we not understand that? Oh, In the eyes fan. of the jury, this man was sympathetic. It would have been a mistake for me to beat him up. So you did nothing? No. I established that he didn't hear screams, which, as a girl's father, he would have remembered hearing. I established that he went into shock upon seeing the event. Shock compromises capacity to observe. Did you explain to Mr. Mills that our theory of defense... Why haven't you explained it to me? Huh? She's a law student. Where the hell have you been? We got a problem, Mr. Mills? 
Because if we do, I got an easy suggestion. We can go see the judge, tell her you want a different lawyer. I doubt she'll give you one middle of the trial, but hey, it's worth a shot. You like to take your shots where you find them, huh, Derek? All right. This isn't helping. You think? Seems like a nice guy. He's angry. Yeah, I picked up on that. Jimmy, if I could play the role of a naive law student for a second, there's no chance that he could be innocent, is there? What are you talking about? You're the one who's been saying he's guilty. I know. I'm sure that he is. It's just that he is so indignant. Lesson number one, Tara. The guiltier they come, the more indignant they get about being arrested. Right. Good lesson. Good. I need more information about why Jimmy is behaving this way. Because it, it feels out of character. Because even if he thinks the guy's guilty, he's never half-assed a case before. Is there a problem? No. Excellent. So, you are here to... Alan, I don't like I'm leaving to be the first words out of a man's mouth in the morning. Especially after I've slept with him the night before. That's fair. He brought a lot of exposition into the office, though. This later. You sure did. Oh, well, you I'm know, not here for confrontation, needed Eleanor Alan, to know. Only some clarity. She doesn't get to do any well, law we'll cases anymore, again. but... Would tonight be soon enough? Although if they really wanted to write a good comedic zing, when she said that, Eleanor should have shot back, I hope he's Jewish, or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fine, then. Context is everything. I would have... I, I think maybe that she just worked that into every scene. Man, Alan really... It's digging her. Digging, I used with the G, by the way. <laughs> Definitely. I, mean, I think the, the implication is he, he also did that. Wasn't that a sister? I believe it was, yes. You slept with her? I did, actually. Thank you for asking. Alan. So we don't get to see that scene, but Eugene is noticing the orchids. It becomes very conspicuous that there's no receptionist anymore. Uh, and Eugene is reading the card. He wants to know who's sending flowers to Jamie. Do you mind? Sorry, I uh, uh, thought they were firm flowers. Well, since they were out in the open, I so left I them on my desk. Sorry. You settled Melissa Kenner's case for $25,000? Uh, oh, yeah. She was very pleased, hence the flowers. How come you never told me about the settlement? I mean, that's a pretty good result. Well, I don't know. I don't talk about all my cases, Eugene. Where's the money? Sorry? Our contingency? There are no funds in the client's account. So oh. when's the money coming in? Soon. Very soon. She's a very bad liar for someone who was, uh, you know, lying. L lying so much? Yeah. What's this? The contingency on Melissa Kenner. I can't make deposits since I'm an associate, so I'm giving it to you as a partner. I'm confused. 
We deduct contingencies and then we pay the client. Why is this check? I forgot. The client got the whole thing. She cut a money order for us. You forgot? You just gave the client the whole thing? Look, we got the money. Can you just make the deposit? Hello? Melissa, we were just talking about you. I brought a little surprise. Did you get my flowers? I did. Thank you so much. So when Melissa last week discovered that they had done this, that would have been a good time to be like, you know, we should probably not mention this. And on top of not mentioning it, we should not send cakes or flowers uh, because I think I broke some federal laws for you. Well, I think the, the thing is that Melissa doesn't know it was faked. She does, though. No, no. She she thinks she got a real settlement. Oh, that's right. Jamie put it together that it was that it was Alan. Jamie figured it. out it was Alan, but Jamie is the only one who knows that it's Alan. Yeah, because as far as Capathia knows, she or Melissa knows it, it was a, a real thing. It was the airline. Somebody from the airline came it was to the airline. house. That's right. Yeah. That's right. How much? Well, I just thought, Mister Tarts. Uh -oh. oh, what are you doing here? Oh, well, I work here. You work here? I don't understand. Melissa, you work for the airline? The airline? It's just in-house counsel for a big airline. Also, who brings it a just cake wasn't for a $25,000 settlement? And I was so overwhelmed no by Jamie's dedication to you. Loose cake so that she took on the subway. warm the cockles of my Look, heart. If you I was inspired some of that cake, to you're shift all of it. career direction. Thank you, Melissa, for both... The new life and the warm cockles. The fuck? I was trying to find my way back to the store drive. No. And I pulled over to ask for directions. And suddenly, Elizabeth he just jumped Moth in. Is, you know, Elizabeth oh. Moth. Moth. El 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 <laughs> Elizabeth, uh, you know, from that, the West, uh, Moth is on she the She doesn't stand. have enough, Keith. Incredibly successful, talented, beautiful no, Scientologist. She, she needs let, an oopsie now. That's what she's come here clear, for. She does not need our validation. I'll tell you she's, that much. She can't. She had to. She had to travel the time space continuum to star in the practice just to get an oopsie. You don't have enough, Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> oh, she gets a black and white. Thing. Who jumped in? Him. He told me he had a knife, and he told me to drive. Did you see the knife? No. Okay. Then after he told you to drive, then what happened, Jessica? He reached inside my purse, pulled out my wallet and my license. He saw the Beacon Hill address. He said he wanted some nice Beacon Hill things. And he said if we didn't go there, he'd kill me. So you drove to your home? Yes. He just wanted some stuff to sell, to get drugs. So I took him in. He looked around and then, then he said first he wanted some recreation. And that was the word he used, recreation. Then, then he grabbed me. I tried to scream, but I, Take your time. He pushed me to the floor. 
and pulled off my jeans. I was just, I was saying to myself, dear God, please just let me pass out. Did you pass out? And then he was inside me. He was inside me. Jessica, at any time, did you consent to having sex with the defendant? No. God, no. Thank you, Jessica. I mean, just compelling testimony. An allegation of rape. That's a very serious thing. When you accuse a man of rape, he could lose his freedom. Does counsel have a question? Did you willingly have sex with my client only to claim rape after your dad walked in? No, he forced me. I see. And have you ever claimed somebody raped you before after having- Objection! Sustained. Cut it out, counsel. Hey! Yeah, we should point out it's Holland Taylor. Isn't it's it true? Judge. You invited my client back to your house. No. It is not true. And I did not extend an invitation to be raped. Nothing further. That went well. Jimmy, it might be my imagination, but when you asked if she'd ever claimed rape before... What? Well, it just seemed that the district attorney was ready for the question. He pounced to shut it down. What are you saying? This is one of those, those scenes, Keith, that always makes me mad because they discover something in the middle of trial that it feels like they should have already kind of like investigated. Well, uh, A, yes, for sure. And B, uh, why wouldn't the lawyer be ready for that question and be on right. top of it? I mean, I would imagine that that question gets asked every time in a case like this. And I would imagine he'd be ready for it. Like, I don't be like, what? And like, wait. So many questions, some of which we will be answered. Yeah. You might have stumbled onto something. Rather interesting. I wasn't in on it. He just did it. He pretended to be a representative of the airline? Yes. First, why didn't you stop him? And second, why didn't you tell me or Eugene? I didn't know he was going to do it, Eleanor. Stop and I didn't tell Alan you Shore? to protect both no. him and you. Jamie, you are a second-year associate. It is not your call whether to tell or not on something like this. I'm glad this. that we're the following went up to on this, though. Me. Yes. How I, I don't care. You report to a superior, either me or Eugene, no exceptions. Alan, could you come into my office, please? Have I been bad? Oh, God, oh, now, Jimmy. They got all the books Here open. Here it is. All the books are open. What? Every it's book 32. that's ever been 
Victim's Bobo. father reports Bobo. two previous unconfirmed claims of rape. Investigated. Unsubstantiated. No arrests made. I mean, they call that the bare minimum legwork for this case. How could we have missed this? You didn't look for it. It's practically Your glasses are way too small. Footnote. Look, you couldn't see. It notes, even the father doubted the validity of the prior claims. Jimmy, this she is not your shining moment as a lawyer. Twice. The claims are dismissed. So she sets it up for him to walk in on her. So he'd have to believe her. Prove it. You got fired from your last firm for embezzling. Allegedly. You threatened extortion your first week here. That was an accident. Break privilege, for which you almost got disbarred. Horseshoes. Sleep with witnesses. Just the one. And now I find out you actually impersonated an opposing party so you could settle a case. That's not just fraud, that's probably criminal. Alan, look at me. You are seriously self-destructive. Isn't everybody? Look, I adore you. You know that. But this firm is my life. And all of my friends quit, I so I have to Eugene. put this together. May I ask why? He's a fellow partner. I have a fiduciary responsibility to him. And you are exposing him to enormous he liability as you are Jimmy and me. <laughs> Alan, Ooh. you are an amazing lawyer. But I don't think it's going to work out here. How many times have we fired him? Are you firing me? I'm going to talk to Eugene. But... I... But you don't think it's going to work out here? And that's what it should be! She's doing the exact right thing. Like, he should be fired. The difficult thing about firing him, aside from him being your friend, is that once again also, he fell on the sword for hired? somebody else. This time for the firm as well as for Jamie, and he did save us from a malpractice judgment and possibly expose us to something much worse. Eugene, since I'm his friend, I'm gonna have to let you make the call here. In the spirit Thanks. of objectivity, I just can't bring myself to do it. Okay. His ass is fired. Eleanor, in the spirit of objectivity, you're going to have to deal with Jamie. She's complicit, too. Fair. Yeah, you can fire them both? Yeah. yeah. It's just you and I. All right, Mr. Berluti. <laughs> me and you. you. may begin your defense. We have Thank another you, budget Honor. cut before season nine. Defense recalls Jessica Palmer. I'm sorry, Your Honor, but if this involves a continuation of cross... This is something new. Well, I'd appreciate a proffer. Counsel, step up. What is going on? Evidence has come to light that Ms. Palmer has made claims of rape before, and this I... This is rape shield. You can't get into this. I can't get into it. None of us will get into it here. Chambers. 
Her sexual past is off limits. Rape Any shield. questions relating to her? This goes to her credibility, not her sexual past. This woman alleged rape how many times? Two. Both times to her father, who was dubious himself. You can't say this. I can't say it? If she goes around claiming rape... First of all, you can't prove these claims were false. And even if you could, it still falls within rape shield. False rape accusations by the victim are not admissible unless a four-prong test is satisfied. One prong being the victim is the only prosecution witness, which he or she isn't. We have an eyewitness to the rape. Her father. It doesn't matter. I'm not looking to impugn the woman's sexual past. This is only being introduced to impeach. I understand, but there's no impeachment exception. And even if there were, you have a slew of problems, counsel. First, Mr. Webb states the law correctly. Your Honor, and second, the victim's testimony has to be confused or inconsistent. Hers wasn't. Let me question and her. third, I you have to file all questions regarding her sexual past before trial. You didn't. Because I didn't know. And whose fault is that? It was in the file. Did you read it? They buried it deep in the file, barely a footnote. They didn't want us to find it. Speaking but of it buried, was there. Jimmy, you buried. Your Honor, come on. This woman has perhaps falsely claimed rape before. How could it be possible that the jury doesn't get to hear this? You can write your congressman if you don't like the law counsel. And here, we simply follow it. Any and all evidence of prior rape accusations will not be introduced. Oh, Jimmy! You can't even raise it? No. How could this possibly be? There are specific laws. Don't I have the right to confront my accuser? Unfortunately, not in rape cases. Look, I know this is unfair. I don't know what to say. How about so accept responsibility next? for you having fucked we up? We put you up, you tell your story. Well, how did Jimmy fuck up? Uh, well, for not meeting with his client ahead of the whole time. Okay, th fair. This time. For not reading the file and seeing the major piece of evidence in the file that he just didn't bother to read. Yeah, but he couldn't have used it and anyway. He No, no, he could have used it. That's the thing. She said that had they put these questions in ahead of, ahead of the trial, he can't even ask the questions because he... It, it's, it's sort of similar to what Jamie did, right? Missed the filing deadline on that line of questioning. Interesting. Okay. It's like everybody in this uh, in this office right now. Maybe it's right time now, to just pack it up. Uh, it, the, it everyone is either corrupt, incompetent, or both. Like it's it's weird. It's not our shining moment, guys. Season eight. But Derek, there's so much truth to that. Keith. As entitled as you are <laughs> to your anger, you can't let it overtake you in there. This is important. Anger is consistent with a rapist. You need to keep it together. I'm not firing you. But if this were a big firm, or perhaps any firm other than this one, you would be fired. You do know that. 
What's happening to Alan? It's Eugene's decision, so he's likely gone. And I understand them not firing her because she's did you young hear what I and just inexperienced. Said? I did. Alan, on the other hand, well, is a grenade. Do you have a response? I'm sure I do. But I'm distracted at the moment. Could I get back to you? I have given you an opportunity, perhaps your last opportunity to account for yourself. You need to tell me your thinking now. Eugene, trust me, if I shared my thoughts with you, you'd regard them as disrespectful, rather than a product of my preoccupation, which I assure you is all it is. Talk. Okay. I went to bed with a lovely woman the other night. She had an extremely fetching body, which, believe it or not, I wasn't aware of prior to the lovemaking. The reason for that is Eugene's face is she all over dresses face right to desexualize herself. And that led me to believe there's perhaps some dark backstory I'm not privy to. I do know she seems sad. And then it got me to thinking most of my relationships have been with sad women. And I was wondering why. What does that say about me? In the end, it always comes back to me. <laughs> Steve Harris Comments. has given so much good, she like, what the fuck you face up. this season. Yes. Now, that wasn't one of Alan's mo more explicit diatribes. Right. However, in the context of like what is happening in the episode, it's it's there was clearly a conversation in the writers room with like, you know, is this in good taste? I I mean, I I think like I mean this this character is so hard to disentangle because I'm not sure they know what they're trying to say yet. So it's like what what are his motivations? Like at at this point he's like supposed to be inscrutable and like and uh self-destructive and sort of without filter, but like I still I, it's so tonally inconsistent. I have no idea what's happening. Well, and also you what you you said something very astute in that look it's I've come to believe that he it's less that he's like uh flippant, right? Like you said, he's just kind of he's stream of consciousness. He's is what it is. But I wonder regardless, it he's 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 what did you say? What uh a grenade, right? Yeah. And it this just not it makes zero sense to keep him around. It's just unnecessary. I mean, you know, and and what's what's weird about it is that his thought process there the revelations in that monologue i think are interesting and i think do say a lot about the character it's just i i don't know it's i mean it i was on my way home from work in its way what do you do sir i'm a foreman at a furniture warehouse i was on my way home walking down tremont and she pulled over to ask me for directions jessica palmer yes and then she started talking me up then she asked me if i wanted to climb in and go for a drive 
She invited you into her car? I know. It struck me as strange, too. Plus, she seemed shy, so what she was saying wasn't exactly in keeping with her scared-like personality, but that's what happened. Okay. So you got in? Yes. And then she started talking about it was her 21st birthday and telling me how she had lived a sheltered life and how she hadn't lived, how she hadn't done wild things and stuff like that. And the next thing, she's inviting me back to her place. Just like that? Just, Just like, like that. that. It's the truth. And you said yes. Attractive women don't pull over every day and invite me home. So what happened after you got to her place? We went inside. She was very forward, sexually. She said it was like some kind of fantasy of hers. She wanted to pick up some guy in her car and bring him home and make love to him. And I made some crack like, yeah, it's my fantasy too. I mean, she didn't even want to go in her bedroom. She wanted to make love right there on the floor. You can't trust Be them. wild. Mr. Mills, right. this sounds like a very aggressive woman. I know. And she had that same shy demeanor as she had in this witness chair. It didn't make sense, but that's what she said. She wanted to have sex, and we did. And in the middle, her father comes in and hits me with a shovel. And that's what happened. As God is my witness, that's what happened. Problem is, we have another witness, and he saw you committing a rape. We were making love, which she consented to. This woman picks up a total stranger, drives him to her home in Beacon Hill, and asks him to make love to her. Yes. You wouldn't go into somebody's house uninvited, would you, Mr. Mills? Ever been convicted of a crime, sir? Ten years ago. Breaking and entering. That's not who I am today. Want to solve? I was a kid back then. I'm a 30-year-old man now. I've made a life for myself. Why didn't you wear a condom? I didn't have one. Neither did she. Gee, that seems odd. This woman solicits a total stranger for sex, and she's not going to have a condom? That's a death wish, isn't it, Mr. Mills? Yeah, well, maybe she's got a death wish. Maybe she has some disease where she needs to fake it. Move so to strike. Mr. Mills. Well, what can I say? Mr. Mills, I'll direct you to answer the district attorney's question. He asked me if she had a death wish. It goes to her disease. Mr. Mills, I sincerely don't want to prejudice your case. Well, his, his Members of the jury, there is no evidence before be. you concerning the victim having a disease. You are to disregard if, such rants from I the defendant. Objection. Her, He's not ranting, Your Honor. Mr. Baluti. Like, the, the contraceptive thing works both ways. You think? Right? You think? Because, yeah. Also, does he know she has a disease, but he's not allowed to say it? This is unclear. We can stop this proceeding right now and complicate everybody's lives. There are rules of evidence. We will all play by those rules. Mr. Webb? I'm done, Your Honor. Very wise decision. Again, steamrolled here, man. Hey. Hey. Did you fire him? Don't ask me why, but no. Maybe you like him. I do not like that the man. The producer said, to do with no, 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 no. <laughs> He's the we face of the show now. Yeah. You fired him. We, we broke the salary cap for him. No. How you doing, Eugene? Me? I've been better. Uh, fine. Used to have a bigger role in the show. Mm. Okay. We all did. 
We both have Emmys for this show, remember? No, they had to pawn them. To pay Spader. Oh, no. All right, now we got Jimmy and Kittleson at the bar together. Non-drunk martini and some... What are you doing here? Beer nuts. Just came in for a drink. I didn't know you'd be here. I'm here every night, and you know it. You had the discretion to let that stuff in. Get lost, or I'll hold you in contempt. I'll risk contempt. That woman cries wolf with rape. She set the whole thing up for her father to walk in on. Prove it in court, Jimmy. My client is innocent. You know it. That's probably why you're in here getting drunk. Wrong again. I get drunk every night. Zing. I know you, Roberta. I know your heart. I know your sense of fairness. This is something you can fix. Jimmy, you are a lawyer appearing before me in a trial. This is ex parte. After this case is over, if you want to sit next to me, fine. We can share a drink. Who knows? I might even wet your whistle after. But for now, get your ass off that stool. You're a vulgar, desperate woman. All the more reason to remain a good judge then. But wait, now why, where does it. he get off? She's just being a professional. And he calls well, she her... she did offer to SSD in the background. But yeah, they but, have a history. That's... that's 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 Kittleson, man. That's Roberta. Yeah, that, right. Well, they, right. They have a history. That That's not the same thing. I, I, Jimmy is all kinds of wrong now. Well, Jimmy, but but he's consistent because, you know, Jimmy does like to ride his, his stick of righteous lightning on occasion. Stick of righteous lightning. I'm really, I got the t-shirts rolling today. You sure do. I mean, that's by far the least corrupt thing that's happened this episode, though, so. By, yeah, for sure. You heard the victim. You heard from an eyewitness who saw the rape in progress. The defendant says it was consensual. Consensual sex does not look like rape, Wait, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, hold on. Two things. Uh, first off, uh, it's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing. So that's that's part one, but part two. This is like their main court set, right? They've been using it forever and forever, and as the years have gone by, it has become increasingly obvious that the backdrop they have behind the windows has become so faded from the lights, it's practically black and, black white, and white now. And and to be fair, the sat as that has happened, the saturation on the show has come up, right? Because the first couple seasons of the practice are practically black and white. But now between the, the combination of those two things happening, you know, I understand, you know, we had to we had to sell the, the, the water machine to pay for Spader, but like you couldn't come up with another backdrop. Just Isn't like, technology funny though, Keith? There's probably a high percentage chance that I'm, me myself could green screen that out and make it more believable. And could a hundred percent you, yeah. or 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 just you know cut out the windows and just yeah, just like draw the, the saturation. Shades. And consider the, the logic of what the defendant is asking you to believe. 
that Jessica Palmer picked up a strange man, however. a felon, in a terrible section of town, brought him back to her place to have unprotected sex, all the while knowing her father would either be there or be there shortly. I also think, Keith, knowing the, the, the entirety of the oeuvre of episodes that we've seen over the past eight seasons, mm -hmm. choosing the, this guy's wrongfully accused of rape, the victim can lie. The court, the the laws set up to protect the the accuse the accuser. Like it just seems like a storyline that is. Though I'm sure it is. There's there's truth in these cases happen. I think it's far by far by far by far the minority of cases that. Uh, yeah, and it it, it just be, seems. It's it's weird that it treats this scenario of her. You know. Are, are we to believe, because I, I think there, there's two arguments to be made. I think because Jimmy was saying she cries wolf, meaning the first two cases were also fake. I think the more interesting story, if she faked any of it, is that the first two were real and her father didn't listen to her. And she did this as a way to like finally be heard for the tr the real things that happened. And neither one of the, like, it's not clear which one is which here, but it also, this should be treated as if it is, if we're to believe canonically that she is lying, that should be like, this is a one in a million situation, just like you said, not yeah, like, it's, it's oh yeah, well, more you like know, she's a black it's widow like 50, 50, of whatever. rape accusation, yeah. right? Because that, yeah, exactly. They love a serial offender. Right. That really sounds credible, doesn't it? And my, my point is that I think because the major, the majority of cases, and I don't even feel bad not having that research, I can tell you off the hand, we still live in a society where we don't believe accusers enough. We don't believe right. the victims enough. Well, uh, in, well this, this episode puts her on trial. Right, which and you're is, using the, which is the, the injustice that happens over and over. Sorry, you'll ahead. allow the turn of phrase. You're using the bully pulpit of media, of television, to the kind of it's unnecessary. It's just it's not even that interesting a tale. And what would be her motive kind of for making this color up? Of a, a very delicate because rape yeah. trials are fun. Imbalance in our society. The eyewitness was her father who basically admitted he went into shock as soon as he entered the room. Can we completely trust his version of what he thinks he saw? No. This case comes down to Jessica Palmer's word against Derek Mills. Might you be more inclined to believe her? Sure. Okay. But can we know she's telling the truth beyond all reasonable doubt? And you want to talk about logic? My client's prints were all over the car, all over the house. He's got a record. His prints are on file with the police. He's going to rape somebody and leave that kind of evidence behind? Yeah. He's going to leave his before. semen there for easy DNA identification. Does that make sense to you? Something's going on here, folks. The DA asks, what would be her motive to lie? We can't know. We have rape shield laws that prohibit us from getting into her story. But let me ask you this. Does it feel like you've got the whole story? 
does it? I would say the rape shield laws are a net positive for us as a society. Without question. So to call them, so, but we're using 45 minutes of television to call that into question. Mm. Are you not going to work today? I am, I just thought I might hover a bit this morning. What are you thinking? That that robe is... Why does everybody so bold. readily ask that question today? It's as common as, how's the weather? It's cheating. People should be required to figure it out. Has a man ever asked you to disrobe? I don't mean go to bed. I mean simply asked you to disrobe from across the room so he might look at you? No. Would you like to be asked that? I don't know. Like I said, I've never been asked. Would you like to be asked? Yes. Interesting. If you think I'm asking only because you want me to, I assure you I'm being genuine. Would you take off your robe? She does. Alan maintains eye contact. Very interesting choice. Directed, obviously. How long have they been out? Mike is befuddled. Almost five no. hours, which I guess it's good. Means they at least got to be asking questions. Yeah. Can I talk to you for a second? Uh, is Jimmy in trouble? For all the reasons we've been talking about for like an hour and a half. Come on! It was in the file that she had claimed rape before. If after all that, he fires Jimmy. <laughs> so if you had fired your questions with the court as required, you probably would Sorry, have been Spaders able to cross-examine Spaders do a bonus after episode eight. You don't need to tell me. Okay. How about the, instead of this, Eugene calls an all-hands meeting, and they're in the conference room, and Eugene's like, y'all, what the fuck? Can we get our shit together, please? How about that scene? I'd love that scene. You and I both know the idea that every defendant is entitled to an adequate defense. Oh, we know. It's a lie. We've said it many times. Defense lawyers many times barely bother to meet the client or read the file. Some even doze doing trials. Lawyers phone it in all the time. For it to happen here, for a lawyer in this firm to be as blatantly unprepared, court appointed or not, if we lose, I'll prepare the inadequate defense appeal myself. That makes it yeah. okay? That makes it better? Okay. No, they're in. It's something. Your jury's back. Always. There's always the call comes in. 
Will the defendant yeah, please rise? Couldn't we have we just don't cut actually to this? need that. We just cut. Yeah, yeah you're members of the right. jury. Have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. No, we just we've, we. What say we, you? We we jinxed y'all. Commonwealth versus Derek lunch. Mills, on the charge of forcible rape. We find the defendant Derek Mills guilty. Thank God, because Jimmy did not provide a good enough. That there was not enough there to to. Yeah. Not as far as the jury knew. This concludes your service. The court thanks you. Security will take the defendant into custody. I mean, why would the president's daughter lie? I, it's a good question. Well, when she was kidnapped. Derek. Sheen there done that. Derek, look at me. I will get you out. Whatever I have to do, I will get you out. Now it'll be next week. Yeah, but, on the practice. Uh, Sundays at night. Hopefully you can last that long. Maybe next week Elizabeth Moss will say something or two. I mean, she did have her testimony, yeah, which was a great scene. great scene. So either Elizabeth Moss or the character is a great actress. Maybe both. Maybe both. Where's Jimmy now? He went home. He's pretty devastated. Call him. He needs to get to work on the appeal. Eugene, I should have caught this too. Yes, you should have. But you're a third-year law student. He's not. You're not going to ask me for See, my Eugene's thoughts, a good boss. He's a way better boss than Bobby ever was. Eugene. Eleanor said something about me being self-destructive. It was probably just conversation filler. I really don't know. But I assure you, if I am unwittingly or unconsciously trying to take anybody down, it isn't you or this law firm. Well, that makes it all better, Al. Uh, it's something. It's at least an acknowledgement of what's happening. You're on my stool. I'm sorry. Your ruling was correct. And any... This was my doing. I just came to say that. Now that the case is over, I was wondering if your offer is still good. About the whistle wedding? <laughs> I mean, to have a drink together. The case isn't over. They're still sentencing. But I suppose there's nothing wrong in drinking separately on adjacent stools. Enjoying the illusion of company, I guess. I could use it. So could I. They're great. They're great together, too. Yeah. Uh, 
And we're pulling back out of the bar. Episode over. Well, Keith, do you want to pick up the oopsies later or would you like to plow through? I think we can plow through. We can do this. We're just going to be decisive. Okay. And uh, right. to start with, Mike is going to decisively tell us what just happened. Mm, two, three, four. Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment. 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 Well, an actress whose name I shouldn't have known uh, is on the show, and she says she was raped, and her dad saw it happen. But there seems to be more to the story, though. It's not particularly detailed, and Jimmy kind of messed up because he didn't file the papers or read the thing or the fat. Alan's in trouble, but he's not in trouble. Jamie's in trouble, but she's not in trouble. Jimmy loses the case, but he gets his girlfriend back, or they're just sadly going to drink together, and uh, there are more questions than answers on this week's practice. Okay. Now I have some more questions. Give me some answers. Just master. In fewer syllables. Alan's in trouble. Jimmy must break the rape shield. Everyone is fired. Everyone is fired. Yeah, yeah. No, that seems uh, this seems appropriate. Now you know what it's time to fire off some fake awards in a segment we call Association with David E. Kelly Productions proudly present. Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode. I'm afraid to make the beep boop sounds now. Here are your hosts. (laughs) I'll be self to cut that out. Beep boop. Bop. Beep. Beep. Bop. Beep. Bop. Boop. Well, Jackie, they're a fake awards show that we do every week that begins with... Most Valuable Lawyer! Well, Keith, I think we gotta give it to Guy, who was great and got a rape conviction for potentially a non-rape. So, uh, he's the only one who did any successful lawyering. Yeah, no, it is it is sort of a it's a thin it's a thin line of nominees this week. So that it goes to Bruce White's is the actor's name and of course the character is none other than DA Robert Webb. Congratulations DA Robert Webb with your most valuable lawyer. Can you hear? I'm trying to get the spreadsheet to open, but it won't, and I don't know what's going on, so I'm just making mouth noises to fill up time. Now it's time for... Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting, Getting a paycheck. entry on your IMDb. Way, Way to go. go! You're the best guest actor. Bing, you bing, bing, the best bing. guest actor. Bing, you bing, bing, the best guest actor. Uh, you know, Keith, I'm thinking about it here, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking maybe <laughs> you're just fussing with the video. I can't get, I can't, I can't that figure no out why. No one will ever see. 
I know, I just, there's so many questions I have about certain things. Anyway. Mike uh -oh. has OCD. Um. Oh, Keith's computer is dying. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm opening up. Uh, whatever. It's a long. Yeah. Whatever. yeah whatever. You know what, Keith? Uh, Elizabeth Moss is great, but she doesn't, she doesn't say a ton. She, her one scene was really good, but she doesn't need our oopsie. So I want to actually reach back. And someone who's doing some excellent work this episode, uh, who's already won an Emmy and has been, uh, has been just lauded so many times, but I want to point out Holland Taylor once again. Um, mm. I think I just, we got a color of her we don't usually get in that maybe all of her sort of, her her bluster and her her forward nature is due to the, you know, what would have been bettered last week's title, The Lonely People, She's actually seems mm. pretty lonely, and we get that sense like pretty palpably, and how she uses her her um, I don't want to say power as a judge, but her integrity as a judge as sort of like the last straw she has that, for her identity. So I, it was really powerful, and we got a lot of cool exposition through her performance. So I'm going to give it to Holland Taylor. This week. Yeah, you know what? I I I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I I, I think Elizabeth Moth Moth. I can't say Moss. I don't know why I, I, I said Moth. Yeah, I put it in your head. Now we. I, I think you I made fun of me too. It. I think I did it. No, 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 because I did it first and then you did it and then I made oh. fun of you for it to make you forget that I did it first. Okay, well. So I, I incepted it. Uh, I, I thought she did excellent work. And frankly, I think Lisa Edelstein did a really beautiful job showing sort of vulnerability yes, I there. Agree. I don't have any idea what the fuck is happening or why it's happening, but really she. Weird. It's. I. Like, it, it's compelling. I just don't know what's happening. Uh, and she was very good. But yeah, I I think it is Holland Taylor. I think um you know, again, doing almost all of it with nonverbal acting and context, the loneliness, the vulnerability that is there um which I think is profound and I I really do uh I really do enjoy it. Um so folks, ladies and gentlemen, this is a series wrap on Holland Taylor. That's how she goes out? That is the series wrap for Holland Taylor. That might be the most confusing of them all. Well, I I, I think it speaks to uh they were not planning for that to be her final episode. Yeah. They they were just sort of maybe It doesn't feel like they're planning much, Keith, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. But before we discuss that, let us discuss. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. This could go a lot of ways. I, I do think I think it's Michael uh, Badalucco's episode, but I have to tell you. Spader has given me something. I don't know what it is, but it, like mm -hmm. you said, it's compelling because whatever I don't get, he gets it. Or at least I feel like or he, he does. fakes it really well. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah. It's and and I'm I find myself look, I kind of want to hate it, but I also find myself really wanting to know what is happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that is much more his performance than it is the writing. I really believe that. Yeah. So I'm I'm torn. I feel like Bataluco gives a great performance in an episode. Although, why why did he drop the ball? Like I feel like the story is why Jimmy fucked up, but we're not right. even going to talk about we it. We have no I'm idea. Very confused. We have no idea why. Yeah. 
So I don't know who to give it to us. So I'm going to let you t- break the tie. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I thought Michael did did great. It just the right his writing wasn't very good, frankly. Right. I mean, it's just that there was no, you know, A to B to C in his character. Um, I agree. I think Spader is just sort of compelling, just being Spader on the screen. Uh, I I think we're gonna go splitsy though. I'm gonna give it to Steve Harris for good mm. bossing and for really funny. What the fuck are you doing, Spader face? Okay, so uh, we'll do Spader and Harris then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so, I you know Steve Harris might win the season oopsies just for looking confused by what Spader is doing, but I'm he's buying just, it. He's acting what we're all feeling a little bit. He is. He 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 is speaking for me in this moment. You know who doesn't speak for me? The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Oh man, I could say something so bad, <laughs> but I'm not gonna say it. Mm, All right. Mm. Um. I'm just going to say, I'm going to leave it to you, Keith. Tom Brady mm-hmm. wetting his whistle. <laughs> yes. All right. Fair enough. You know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jorge, but didn't, wasn't wetting your whistle used as a euphemism by Kittleson earlier in the series? I love that we asked like Jorge. Because he knows everything. Yeah, that's fair. Because he's paying so much more attention than we ever do. Like, he's, you know. Uh, All right. So uh, now it is time for... Ladies and gentlemen. Mike has 90 seconds to say what he thinks of this episode. I'm really trying, guys. I'm trying to stay with him. I'm trying to understand what David E. Kelly and and the writer room is, is trying to... What is this episode about? Why are we fighting the fight against the rape shield, which is, why is that important? Why is Jimmy fucking up? Why is everybody so sad? <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's happening? Uh, the, and once again, we had a case that like, I thought I was gonna ask all these interesting questions and like, we're gonna really get to the bottom and she's got this great like master plan and she's good. But like, they don't tell us anything. We don't even like, the case is sort of there as a proxy for like everybody's feely feels, which is, uh, I don't know. Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll have to write it down. 6.5. I'll never remember otherwise. I mean, look. The show is frequently there to defend defendants, right? Or or to prop up the importance of vigorously defending a defendant regardless of what the crime may or may not be. Or to point and out a deficiency in like in the uh, system, right? An unfairness in the system, uh, and I, I'm I'm there for it. Like yeah. I'm that's that's where my heart is. That's I'm I'm a hundred percent there for it. And in this case, uh, especially because the defendant is of color, right? But none of that is really touched on, right? Like that that's. There, there are points to be made here that aren't made. The points that are made are sloppy at best, problematic at worst. Um, I don't know what the... I agree with you. I don't know what the episode is trying to say. I don't know what it's trying to say legally about the case. I don't know what it's trying to say about Jimmy and Jimmy's character. I don't know what it's trying to say about Spader's character. I don't know what it's trying to say about the relationship between Spader and 
and uh, uh, Lisa Edelstein's character. I don't know. I I I I'm I just like. You know what? The whole the whole episode is the scene with Lisa Edelstein where he asked her to take the robe off. It's compelling. It's really beautifully performed and shot. I'm curious, but I don't have any idea what the fuck you're trying to say or where it's going. And so I think um so yeah, it's not I, it, it's like they forgot to tell a, it. It's it's like David E. Kelly is forgetting to let the audience know what he's trying to say, or he doesn't know, or he doesn't know what he's trying to say. He's just yeah. having people do weird and ambiguous things because to, in place of storytelling, because like as a writer, you can just do weird things in place of storytelling if you don't know if you don't have a story to tell. I'm so curious too, like behind the scenes, just becomes was- lost. What was the agreement like going into the season? Is this is this a trial season to see if we keep the show going? Is this just giving you the final season? Because it doesn't look like they're writing with any direction, like towards no, a conclusion I, or towards a, establishing a new show. It's just it's just no. I mean, I, I, it's like you can keep doing the show at this lower budget, and we'll see how it goes. I think is is basically what the story there is. So uh, as a result, you get a six point four two from me all right folks you know it is time to go and take my cat to the vet uh mike if anybody would like to uh send charlie some well wishes on his vaccine shots which are not going to be fun they can uh, email us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com find us on the social medias at out of practice podcast on facebook and instagram but while you're there leave us a rating and review on apple podcast you know just because we'll happily uh, read your comments welcome you to the jury it'll be super fun it'll be great uh you know what else you can do you can join our patreon at the, uh, not the link that Mike gave you, but at <laughs> patreon.com, K and slash K and M. And, uh, you know, while, while you're there, you can thank the people who are, have been supporting our show, uh, including Jorge Navoa and currently CloudLover69 and CloudLover69 putting in some retroactive cash, uh, much, much appreciated and everyone else who has donated previously. Mike, your turn. Guess what? You can also be a patron of the show at patreon.com slash K&M. You can also choose to use the old the cash links in the show notes. But guess what? Whatever you do, we're going to keep firing off hot content, content with our other shows. Uh, all the stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Laser sounds. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Laser Which, Keith, some would say, is basically what David Kelly's firing off. Blah, 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 blah. Laser sounds. (laughs) Starring Elizabeth. uh... (laughs) Uh, Bye.